Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children and Family Director. And I'm Kim Burnt, Outreach Team Lead here at Faithbrook. Well, we're so glad you're here with us, whether you're in person or online. Um, and if you're a guest, a special welcome to you. Um, and we would love to have you be more than just a number here at Faithbrook. If you would, please grab that blue connection card and fill it out. You can drop it in the giving box on the way out. And it's a way for us to get to know you. Um, and if you're online, you can go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest. Our mission at Faithbrook is to love God, love people, and journey together. One way this fall we can do that is through packing shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. Wait a minute, did you say Christmas? We're not ready for Christmas. Ah, that's better. Now we're ready for Christmas. Well, this year we have a goal of packing 100 boxes with our Next Generation Ministries. Um, we are gonna be doing some super fun packing parties and um, in the past we've only been doing this with our Next Generation and Youth Areas but this year we'd really love to involve the whole church. Many of you have been putting your own Christmas child shoe boxes together in the past. How you can help is to bring supplies to Faithbrook to fill the shoe boxes here. There will be a table in the lobby for you to drop off your supplies. This year we'll be focusing on the area of greatest need, which is boys aged 10 to 14. And we'll have a list of gift suggestions on your way out that you can grab and if you can participate with us, this will help us love others on a global level. Let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our series, Finding the Best You. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, doing a little bit of shopping, see if we can bless some uh, young people in some uh, areas that need some help. Well, uh, welcome. Uh, I brought some, uh, some tools and some props today. These are uh, a little tool bag, a little tool kit. I don't know if you have some uh, tool kits around your house. You might have some uh, different types. Uh, for instance, uh, here's, here's my tool kit with some where I keep my tools, need some help, right? Uh, I have a handy dandy um, a drill bit, a little box here. This is very important if you have an electric drill, whatever. Uh, I don't want to forget my miniature toolbox or my tackle box. I love tackle box, right? This is good. And if there's an emergency around the house, I got my handy dandy first aid kit. Yes. We notice that uh, these tool kits or these boxes can be very uh, important when we are in need. Uh, if there's a scratch or cut or something like that, uh, they are valuable. Well, this is where we're kind of going this morning in our series about having some spiritual emotional tools and some plans to help us in our uh, dramatic or some high pressure situations in our life. I first just want to welcome you back to Faithbrook. Hey, you're here while the Vikings are playing. Praise God. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I've never had to compete with the Vikings when I'm preaching. This is the first time, but I want you to relax. Uh, they got everything under control. I'm sure they will win, so you can just focus here. Everyone that's watching online with your split screen, okay, we'll give you a little bit of grace. We kind of understand, but you, you are missed. Yes. Well, we have been pursuing this series called Finding Your Best You. 
Uh, God wants you to find your best you. Uh, two weeks ago, we kicked it off by looking at a gentleman in the Old Testament, Gideon. He, he was not living his best self. In fact, when God came to him and said, man, I see you as a warrior. Your best self is going to be a warrior to deliver the people. He didn't see that at all. And we discovered a lot of times that we see ourselves less while God sees us at our best. And so he had to be transformed by God's truth in his life. We also discovered last week that a lot of times we, we kind of have a secret private mantra in the back of our mind that we're less. Because a lot of times it can be traced back to some issues when we were younger, especially in our formative years. All it takes is maybe a comment, an incident. We talked about a lot of times there can be trauma, like capital T trauma, that really marks us for the rest of our life. Sometimes it's, it's little t trauma. But we learn to kind of cope and make some stories. And a lot of times we are running off the, the old stories from our youth, how we feel about ourselves, how we navigate the world, even how we view God. And God wants us to find a new uh, story, a new mantra, if you will. In fact, I challenge you to go home and do a little bit of homework. Um, and that is to try to identify this old view of yourself. Maybe, maybe it's a phrase, maybe it's an adjective, but that's, this is kind of your default, right? And we, and we asked you to sift that through the, the life-giving um, uh, truths of God's gospel that can free us and heal us and forgive us. And we can adapt on a new mantra. Uh, the, the word of God tells us that the old is gone, the new has come. And so what is those words? What, are, what is that phrase that we see ourselves? You know, for, for Gideon, he, he didn't see himself as a warrior. He kind of saw himself as a loser. But God wanted him to be, see his new self and find his best you. Now, we're going into part three this morning. This is not going to be as heavy as last week. But we are all trying to hopefully pursue God's best for our life and live our best self. So the question today is, and what we're going to wrestle with, is what do we do when we're going along life and, we're, and we feel like we're, we're trying to pursue the best ourself, right? It's healthy, spiritually, Christ-like, emotionally stable, and all of a sudden there is a jolt. There is something that scares us. There is something that threatens us. Uh, there are some circumstances, and before we know it, we get shaky. Before we know we're, we're rattled emotionally, there might even be some setbacks spiritually. We get discouraged. We get overwhelmed. We're not trying to do so. What do we do with that? Well, I want to take you to a New Testament story of a, a brave man who was trying to live his best life. But circumstances came on, and before he knew it, he was triggered. He was threatened, and he started sinking emotionally, spiritually, and literally uh, physically. It's this famous story about Peter walking in the water, found in Matthew 14. And let us kind of set it up here. Uh, in, in verse 22, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, they just had a full day doing one of the most famous miracles of feeding the 5,000. Sure, it was exhausting, right? And he says, guys, I need some time. Why don't you get in the boat? I'm going to meet you on the other side of the Lake uh, Galilee on the next day, right? We'll, we'll kind of reset Right, tells us that after he had dismissed him, he went up to the mountain, mountainside by himself to pray. 
Um, so he needs to recover. By the way, next week, we're going to be kind of talking about some, some life-giving rituals and rhythms in our life, just like a Jesus displaying here. Sometimes we have to recover. we got to sync back up with God. He was doing that. But it goes on that Matthew writes later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, what we're going to see is that uh, Jesus kept an eye on his, his guys. He's up there alone, but he notices that that boat is far out there, and they've been rowing a long time. The wind was not for them. He knew they had a long day. Now, this should give us a picture of who this Jesus is, right? That, that sometimes he feels he's so far away, but he's got his eye on you. He had his eye on them. He understood their struggle. He understood they were tired. Things were not going well. And then we, we see shortly before dawn, this is like all night. He's watching them. They're not getting to the other side. It's not good in their life. And look what he does. Jesus went out to them. I mean, he just kind of like took the shortcut and said, you know, I'm just going to walk across the lake here. And it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Well, you, you, we, we all would probably be terrified, right? It, it's a ghost, they said, and cry, cried out in, in fear. Um, can't blame them, right? They've never seen that before. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. I mean, how often do we need to hear those words, right? Hey, relax, I'm here. You don't need to be scared. I'm right here with you. Well, uh, brave Peter, he's like, hey, Lord, if it's you, uh, tell me to come out. I, w- I want to do that thing too, right? I mean, he's trying to live his best life, and, and Jesus says, come. Let- let's go for it, right? And-, and so he stepped out. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. Now, I just can't imagine just the dynamics going there, right? The- his friends, his disciples, you- you're going to do what? Right, you're crazy. That's Jesus. I don't know, right? And they're kind of watching him step out of the boat, and and sure enough, the, the the water's kind of solid, and he gets his feet, and it's still windy and waves. But he starts walking. I'm sure there's like that's amazing. Uh, Peter is, is he's just is like a rock star, right? I mean, he is full of faith. He is confident. Look what the amazing things he's doing. Uh, no wonder he's going to maybe lead us, right? He he's so awesome, right? And then all of a sudden, the scriptures tell us. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Wow. Have you ever been there in your life, right? Things are going pretty good. You got some confidence. You're hopefully living healthy and and confident in your life and close with God. And all of a sudden there's waves. There's something that threatens you. There's something that comes on you, uh, that scares you, that makes you nervous, uh, and before you know it, you're emotionally uh, sinking and, and stressed out and, and, and really kind of discouraged and, and spiritually you're up for grabs. Maybe your ego was damaged. Uh, maybe your, your income was uh, cut somehow. Uh, maybe uh, there was a physical diagnosis. Maybe there was a, a responsibility just was laid on you. And before you know it, the old mantra starts kind of creeping in. Well, I told you so. Uh, see, this is just the kind of person you are. This is not going to do very well. Uh, and we think of the worst case scenarios and, and maybe how we're to blame. And, and, and we start sinking emotionally. And a lot of times this affects us spiritually. 
So look what happens next. Immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and caught him and says to Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Wow. Here is Jesus saying, Peter, I see you. I see you wanting to live your best life, your best you. I see you trying to be courageous and doing the right thing. And all of a sudden, you got your eyes fixed on these problems, these waves, these threats. And next thing you know, you're, you're, you're sinking. He reaches down said, man, why are you doubting? I'm right here. What's going on? And it goes on. It says, when they climbed to the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, he, you are the son of God. I mean, the, the disciples there were blown away, right? And Jesus' heart's like, I saw him sinking. And I want you, Peter, to believe that even though there's waves, even though there's problems, I want you to pursue the best you I want you to be healthy. I want you to be holy. I want you to be all in. And, and I can l- flood my love through you. And you can be my hands and, and voice out there. But he was sinking emotionally. Have you ever been threatened like this before? Again, there's something that triggers you. There's something that just kind of sets you back. And you're not sure how to handle it. I mean, sometimes privately, there's things out in our society today that, that can hurt us and trigger us, right? I mean, we just look at inflation, right? Well, what's going to happen with that? Maybe at, at your company, you were not recognized and someone else was recognized. If you're kind of a pleaser, it's very easy to get stressed out when, when maybe, I don't know, someone in your family expects you to do this, and then, but you really like to do this, and you got to please different people, and before you know it, you're just kind of sinking emotionally and, and stressed. If you're an achiever, right, and, and maybe you didn't perform at your best, maybe you didn't get that promotion, maybe you didn't make that grade, and, and the next thing you know, those haunting mantras, the stories that see you're not that smart, just like they told you and someone made fun of you that you can't achieve, and, and before you know, you're kind of shrinking back in your life. Maybe you're a peacemaker, right? And if there's tension in the family, there's tension around you, you're not sure how to handle that, right? And you're upset, and, there, and there's tension, you ever been there? If you get threatened, triggered? You know, for myself, I've, I've discovered that that can happen to me, right? When, when I look at myself, I'm like, wow, all it takes is maybe some, some criticism. And, and before you know it, I'm, I'm blaming myself. And I might go into this emotional hole. I, I can get triggered on the, uh, the evening news, right? I, I'm looking at the evening news, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's uh, happening over there with crazy Putin, right? And the threat of nuclear war, and I'm like, oh, boy. And then the inflation, and, and my 401 is tanking, and, and uh, before you know it, oh, you know, let's, let's get the kids and, uh, you know, bug out or something because the world is just crashing. We can easily start shrinking and sinking. I think the devil loves it. I think the devil loves to take... Uh, people, but also Christian people that try to live full of faith. The Bible tells us that he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, right? That he wants us to be defeated. He wants us to get all emotionally and spiritually uh, mixed up and and, and down. While Jesus said, I've come to give you life to the full. I want you to find your best you. I want you to live confidently. I want you to be spiritually and and emotionally stable. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of times we don't have a plan, we don't know how to pl- have a plan when we see waves and winds. See, Peter didn't have a toolkit. He didn't know where to go. All he knew is that uh, there was a threat in his life and, and probably the worst case scenario. And, and before you know, he, he starts sinking. And we find ourselves sinking. 
So I want to offer you a, a couple of, of toolkits, uh, some, some t- uh, uh, ways to handle uh, uh, stress. You know, uh, one of the things that I've always had is a, a gospel toolkit. It's called the, the Bible. And uh, fortunately, I was like one of these young men when I was young. I, I sat right where they sat, and people poured into me and, and, and praised God that I made the connection with Christ and dedicated my life. And God's been so good. And uh, I have built my toolkit to, to the Holy, the, the Word of God. There's the promises and, you know, things like, um, you know, even though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not leave you. My rod and staff will comfort you. I mean, these are, are the great tools, right? Um, God can do amazingly more than what we could ever imagine according to the power that's working within me. These are some tools. Uh, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Prayer. And so I was taught, and it's so valuable to have a gospel toolkit, especially when, you, when there's problems going on in your life. But sometimes I've learned that just that's not enough sometimes to just try to pray it through right? Or, or, or just only have one kind of gospel toolkit because we still are people of feelings. So, so how do I fight the feelings of fear or anxiety or, or ego or defeat and discouragement? What do I do with this? Now, can I give you just a little disclaimer here? I'm not a licensed therapist, okay? Uh, I'm not a professional in this area, but I have uh, done some self-discovery. I have read a lot of books, and I have I've learned that a lot of times um, emotions are connected to our spiritual life. In fact, we learned last week that the more we emotionally heal, usually we do better spiritually, right? And if we can discover how to heal through the Word of God, and sometimes it does take... Um, a licensed professional. Uh, I would encourage you to find someone that can maybe untie some of the stuff that you're going with. Uh, if you need some help, uh, some recommendations, you're welcome to contact me or the church uh, to maybe do some deep diving. But all of us somewhere ha- have had waves come against us. If you don't have waves coming against you right now, praise God, because pretty soon there's going to be something that's going to threaten you. Something's going to trigger you emotionally. And God wants us to be ready. I'll never forget when I heard Steve Cuss, this therapist slash counselor, uh, pastor guy, he says, our body is not a minor prophet, but a major prophet. In other words, our body sometimes will physically give away if we're under stress. If, if we're dealing with stuff, and for instance, you've heard, you know, if you get really uh, depressed that you just, the easiest thing to do is to stress eating, right? You get on the couch and you, you just pound down a half a gallon of ice cream. You ever done something like that, right? You're like, whatever. That tells us something. Uh, maybe that you, you, you just start working harder or you get irritable, right? And you're just uh, snarky and, and uh, grumpy. Something's going on. Sometimes our bodies will, will tell us uh, some, some Sometimes people's symptoms are their muscles are getting tight. Your body just kind of tense up. There's just this, this low, low-grade anxiety happening, and you kind of just feel it in your, in your neck, in your muscles, kind of gives it away that you might be triggered, you might be threatened. Uh, second, second one might be a racing heart, right? You're, you're just going faster, your, your pulse. Uh, health professionals tell us a lot of times high blood pressure has to do with stress, what's going on there. Uh, for me, I would say my physical symptom is a, a racing, spinning mind. 
My mind is spinning, right? So I'm just always thinking, and I have to tell you that a lot of times this has not been good for my family life, maybe even my professional life, right? Sometimes I can't be focused, throw in some attention deficit right there, and you got a mess, right? So I'm a little worried about something, and I'm at home, and and Terry's like, hey, did you remember to, to pick up Logan from school? I'm like, what? Uh, we got a kid, right? And uh, you don't remember this or remember that, right? Because I'm like, oh yeah, but I was thinking about something else. I'm worried about something. Something's stressing me out, right? And it's given in a way that I need some help, right? Do I still love Jesus? Absolutely. Do I still have my gospel toolbox? Absolutely. But man, there are some things that are triggering me. There are some things that are threatening me. So what do we do with this? Do, Do we have a plan, so what we want to give you today, especially this, this point right here, emotional steadiness requires emotional readiness. If you want to be an emotional, healthy, finding your best self, you have to be emotionally ready. And how do we do that? Uh, one of the reasons why we offered everybody a little notebook is to take some notes because we never know when the, the threat's going to come. We never know when we're going to be triggered. We never know when the bosses are going to, you know, say layoffs are coming or, hey, by the way, you're promoted and you got a lot on your plate and you're like, man, I never asked for this. Next thing you know, your, your mind's spinning and your, your muscles getting tight because you've been triggered. There's something going on. So we have to be ready. I appreciate uh, this plan. We see these indications throughout the scriptures. One of my favorite um, passages in the Bible is Hebrews 12. One, I, I would uh, suggest to you that this emotional plan is in Hebrews uh, ch- chapter 12, 1 and 2. So let's look at this, this scripture here. Uh, the writer says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily Entangles. And I just want to sit right here on that phrase right there. So, man, let's, let's, a lot of people are cheering us on. I see this, people from heaven, they want us to live our best life, right? So then what, let's have a plan here. Let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. See, I would present to you that the, the, the sin is different than what hinders. The word hinders, it means what's burdening us, what's weighing us down. Sin uh, is different. These are things that are acted out that can easily entangle us. There is some addictions out there. There are some behaviors that cross the line, that offend God, that uh, offend others, right, that can easily entangle us. But I would suggest to you a lot of times that what's weighing us down emotionally Maybe it's stuff in the past, right? Maybe it's what's happening at work. Maybe it's stuff what's happening with our spouse. This is weighing us down. And I have seen that a lot of times this kind of is a catalyst for people to do something ungodly in the sin. So if, if we can see that and say, man, we got to have a plan to throw off or deal with the threats that are in our life that's getting us stressed out, right? They're getting us defeated and we're sinking. We got to throw that off. And, and there's some more of that plan right there. So let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Perseverance is a big deal. All right. Fixing our eyes on who, right? Jesus, right? He's the beginning, the author, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He, see, he, he's got a plan for us. He wants us to find our best self. He wants to live confidently, forgiven, whole, uh, secure in our life, right? So, but we got to have this plan. How do we throw it off? 
So I want to give you a, a little toolbox today of seven tools that can be in your, let's say, emotional response plan. Or there's some trauma or something. Here's seven questions I want to give you that has helped me, uh, that I believe it can help us to stay steady. Because if we're going to be emotional steady, then we have to be emotionally ready. All right? So one of the first questions to help when, when there's a threat, okay, to say what happened. And this is pretty simple. Uh, one of the most therapeutic things you can do is just kind of uh, share exactly what happened. Um, let's say that at work, uh, someone said something to you or s- some decision was made to happen and that is upset you, right? Or let's say someone insulted you or um, hurt you in some way. It's very healthy to get that off your chest and to share it somebody. If you're fortunate enough to have a trusted friend, have coffee with them or something, say, man, I cannot believe this jerk or this happened. And wow, you know, and get that off. Um, sometimes it can be your spouse. If you're fortunate enough to have that, that will just listen there. And here's a little secret. If you don't have a, a person, it's very therapeutic to write it down in a journal. Just write it down in maybe kind of in a prayer thinking way. This is what happened to me, okay? Uh, I got ripped off. I got uh, undermined or I just got promoted and and I don't think I can handle it, all right? Number one, uh, the second question you can ask yourself, what am I feeling? This is kind of below the surface. In other words, if we can name it, we can usually tame it. Uh, it's so key. In fact, if you can name what's really happening underneath the surface, this is 50% of the battle right here. Because really, you know, uh, so-and-so was a jerk, or I didn't get that promoted, or we might get laid off, right? What the true feelings are is that I'm scared. The true feelings are is I feel like I got rejected. Uh, my true feelings are is I feel like I was dishonored, Right? Uh, My truly feeling is that that I'm not very valued. And to kind of process that, the true feelings are is I'm hurt, man. I'm hurt. Or I feel like I'm a failure. There it is again. Now, in this this, uh, second question of of what am I feeling, sometimes we can ask ourselves, does this have anything to do with my past trauma or wounds in my past. I would suggest to you a lot of times these triggers and these threats are kind of connected to things that happened in our formative years. Uh, When maybe I was dumped or maybe uh, uh, somebody separated from me or there was a a, a traumatic thing that happened. And before you know a lot of things, this is what can grab us. And if we can identify that through our emotional questions and and toolboxes, oh, That's probably why this really matters to me, but not matters to that person, because we can find it back, uh, trace it back to something that's happened in our formative years. Before you know it, see, you're kind of getting smart uh, emotionally. God is helping you to be wise and discerning of what's going on below the surface, because if you can really name it, okay, this is what I'm really feeling, this is why, then a lot of times you can tame it. Now, third thing, uh, question, third tool in your toolbox would be, what are the lies that I'm telling myself? You might not do this, but most people do this secretly, privately. When there are threats, all of a sudden, there's a recording that's starting to happen. There's going to be the worst case scenario, 
right? Uh, and we're going to be poor, and there's going to be a problem. I think this is exactly what Peter did, right? He's being brave. He's living his best life, right? He's out there in the water, and, and all of a sudden, there's these waves and things that are triggering him, right? And he starts forgetting that Jesus is right there, and he's, he's telling himself, oh my goodness, Jesus can't handle this storm. He's telling himself, you know, I'm going to start sinking, and if I sink, I'm probably going to drown, right? And these are all, Jesus is like, that's a lie. That's not going to happen. I'm here, right? This is what we do a lot of times, right? We start believing these lies, these old mantras, right? That, that you know what? I'm, I'm helpless. I, I, this is not going to work out. Uh, I'm a failure, right? It's all on me. If I was a better leader, if I was a better spouse, if I was a better employee, things would get better, right? I'm not good looking enough. I'm not smart enough. And we start sharing these lies to us. Remember, uh, Steve Cuss says there's two gospels out there. There's, there's one in our head and there's one in the Bible, right? And a lot of times we default not to the Bible. A lot of times we default to thinking these lies are the truth. I'm a loser. I'm not going to make it. Something's wrong with me. And we need to write these out sometimes. We need to be honest. And, you know, I just want to just kind of cough this up to say these are the lies. Number four is what are the truths I need to remember? Now, here's the pivot, okay? I really need to do a little work here because I'm either going to focus and live on my feelings, these threats, or I'm going to live on the anchors and the truths in the word of God. What are those word? What are the truths of the word of God again, right? And let me su- suggest to you, this takes a little bit of work. This is building your toolbox up, right? This is highlighting in your Bible some of the truths. Now, personally, uh, I, you know, I try, have my own private Bible reading plan. And when I come across some truths, I highlight that. I mark that down. I also a lot of times transfer it over into my planner. So I'm a really big into my week planner, right? And one, and, uh, one of the cool things about this little planner, and you can do this on your phone, right, uh, is to write down things you need to remember. So you might say, well, Jim, you're just weak and you got problems and everybody knows that, okay? okay. But to help me be strong and live my best you, and by the way, I don't care kind of what you think, but I'm going to live in for Christ, right? And, and so I had to just, I, back here, I, I, I got my notes, right? On this side, I got like eight key anchor scriptures. And so when I'm threatened and I get discouraged or there's problems, with what I'm like, well, what are the truths again? Oh, a truth like this right here. Um, here's some of them. Next slide, please. First uh, John, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I teach this t- to my son. Uh, we need to pray this every time because a lot of times you're like, oh, you're not, you're, not, you're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You're not good enough. No, greater is he that is in me than is in the world. That's the truth. I might feel differently, but the Bible says this is true. I choose to remember that and focus on that. Another one is, is Romans 8. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. If you do a little deep dive in there, you'll see that uh, Paul, he's up against it. He's got all kinds of threats, right? He, he's saying, man, I, I could be killed any day. Uh, my life is just kind of uh, on the line. He says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So you got to remember that. Okay, well, I got issues. There's problems right there. But no matter how dark it gets, no matter what the problem is, the truth of the matter is nothing's going to separate me from God. So what do I have to fear? Uh, Romans, another one says, if God is for me, who can be against me? 
And so we are resetting our, our mind. We are digging in and starting to have our, our emotional, spiritual tools. Um, some quotes over here. I have some quotes that I need to remember. Uh, Steve Cuss says, whatever you are fearing, God is already working on it. All right, so you might have some appointments coming up. Maybe there's some meetings, some deadlines. Maybe there's a doctor uh, appointment, and you're like, whoa, what's he going to say? Jesus is already there. Relax, okay? You don't have to be thinking about it all the time. You don't have to be all tense up. Jesus, I got this. Just like he was saying to Peter, why are you doubting me? I, I got this. Just relax. Here's the truth, right? I love you. I'm for you. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect. And I need to remember that, okay? It's not all about my talent. It's all not about your talent. It's not all about your strength, okay? But when we are weak, we got to remember that's exactly where his grace is going to be. We got to remember that's exactly where his powers be made perfect. So where are you writing that down? How do you remember that? Uh, maybe that is in a little journal, and maybe that's on your phone. But if you're going to be emotionally steady, you got to be emotionally ready. And this is exactly, I think, what Jesus was saying to Peter. Peter, you're doing great. Okay, I'm really proud of you. You're, you're doing this, and all of a sudden, these waves triggered you. Next thing you know, you're sinking. He's like, man, why did you doubt? I got so much for you, the promises of God. And so when we start reminding ourselves, what is the truth? Really, we are resetting our mind, if not our soul. We are rebooting, if you will, our mindset. Instead of the, what are the lies? No, we're going to start remembering and focusing on what are the truths of God. Yes, I might have physical, emotional feelings, but I'm not going to let them dictate my health, uh, my performance, right? I'm going back to my toolbox and my godly toolbox of what is true in the word and to be reminded of that. Now, number five would be, uh, what is the truth of those who hurt you? Now, if this applies, um, sometimes we can really be triggered by especially family members, right? To say something, Maybe it's some friends, and before we know it, man, we are upset. And one of the tools you can do is kind of sit back and say, well, let's take a minute and just think about these people, all right? Is there kind of a track record, but maybe they can be obnoxious? Is there a track record? Maybe they can be unsensitive sometimes. And so sometimes we can pull back and say, it's not always on me, right? Um, what their criticism was or their issue was, it's, it's not always on me, yeah, now more I think about it, these people have some issues. And we don't, shouldn't take it as much personal, just kind of do a little bit of a discerning of who they are. And, and, and by the way, uh, sometimes we can, sometimes it's on us. The truth of the matter is, this might not apply to you. Sometimes in our insecurities, we can be hypersensitive, right? That we're, we're just always thinking about how people are viewing us and did we perform well and do I look right and all this kind of stuff. And, and all of a sudden someone says something like, oh, man, they really ticked me off and they're a jerk and that hurt me, you know. And they're like, I, 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 that, that person really doesn't do that much, right? Maybe it's not them, maybe it's you. And we have to grow emotionally and spiritually. That, that's okay, right? That, that's probably on me, okay? I just need to mature and relax a little bit. But we don't need to let people uh, dictate our feelings, right? And just kind of uh, walk that through. What do we know? What happened? Oh, uh, okay, they, they, they're kind of a, a repeat offender, if you will. 
sixth one is very important. What seat do you get on? What seat do they get on the bus? All right. So picture with me that um, God is like, okay, I want you to drive the school bus, all right? And you're like, whoa, uh, drive the school bus. There's a bunch of kids and noise in the back, right? Voices back there, right? It's a pretty intense job, very important job, right? Let's keep it on track or whatever. And before you know it, right, you, you got the most negative, obnoxious kid sitting in the front seat right behind you, right? Speaking into your, your ear saying, you know what? You're, you're not a very good driver. You're probably going to wreck, right? You haven't been doing this long enough. Whoever hired you to do this, you can't do this. My friends, I would submit to you the secretly, privately. That's a couple of the mantras that is in our ear, right? Let's say that the, the boss is, is saying, uh, you know, you, got, you didn't get promoted. And someone else, and you're like, what, what am I, right? I, I, must be, I must be not good enough, right? And sinking discouragement, right? Or, or maybe the boss says, man, you, you need to perform. You, you need to get better. I suspect 10% increase. And you're like, oh my goodness, right? And all you're thinking about is this stress and this demand. Well, one of the things you could do is you say, you know, where am I going to allow them to sit? That voice, that issue. Am I going to sit right behind my head or you're going to back of the bus, all right? You got to say mentally, emotionally, you know what? You're not allowed to sit and I'm not going to focus on you. There's so many other wonderful, life-giving, godly, healthy things that I can put in my body. So you go to the bus, the back of the bus. Well, I don't want to go to the back of the bus. Well, just get back there and shut up, all right? This is where you're sitting. See, here's the deal. It's not a matter of eliminating your anxiety or your issue, but managing it. See, a lot of times you're like, if I could just get it to be completely quiet and go away, I'll be fine. That usually doesn't happen. You got to be able to manage it. And one of the things is say, you don't get real estate in my brain. My, my, my family, my wife needs me to be focused and calm. My kids don't need an upset dad. My, my coworkers don't need somebody grumpy and irritable and all mad, right? No, I'm not going to listen. You go in the back of the bus. Now, I'm going to ask Jesus to come into my front seat, all right? And Jesus, will you speak life into me? And if I'm going to listen to some music, if I'm going to remember some quotes, if I'm going to remember the promises of God, this is what I'm going to focus on in my life. So, I mean, a lot of times for me, it's, it's a lot of uh, worship music. It's just speaking the, the word of God, right? And next thing I know, I'm driving my bus with a smile. And all of a sudden, there could be a threat. I said, I know, but the promises of God is what I'm focusing on, right? And, and I'm not going to listen to that old mantra. I'm not going to listen to those voices. Yeah, back. Just shut up, right? Okay, okay. You, you don't get to dominate my life emotionally and with these voices. Yeah, but what your dad said and what your parents said and someone said in your past, yeah, I know that they're there. Okay, but I'm not going to let them have room and close to my 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 thought life and my emotional life. So you got to ask yourself, what seat do they get on the bus? And don't it's not a matter of elimination, but uh, management. See, what we're doing here is that we are taking these emotions, these temptations, these threats, and we're surrendering them to God. We know that they're out there. We don't have to listen to them. Uh, Corinthians talking about take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Before we know it, we're cultivating a mindset. We're getting smarter, right? We're not melting down. We're not sinking. We're not lashing out. We can handle the, the triggers and the threats in our life. And this brings us to our last question. The last tool is how do I hope to react to the threat in the future? So if you would take some time to say, you know what, here's one of my goals, my emotional goals, is that next time I really want to be more calm when things get bad, 
when that wave or that wind comes my way that all of a sudden I'm home and all worried about it and my heartbeat's racing up and then I don't know what's going to do. No, I'm going to remember the promises of God. I hope that I can be steady, right? I hope that I can be calm and full of God and full of the hope and the promises of God, even joyful. I don't have to grab a half a gallon of ice cream and pound it down because I'm all stressed out or I'm discouraged, Right? Before you know it, you can start recognizing your triggers and your threats and and get on top of it. Remember, this is the hope of God. Uh, Galatians 5 tells us it's for freedom that he has set you free. Not only from your sins, but he wants us to set us free emotionally, to have an abundant life, to find our best self that we start growing spiritually, we start growing emotionally, that we have a smile on our faces. Yeah, I know life can stink, man. There's going to be a threat next month. There's going to be, so what are my goals, right? I'd like for my family to, to know that her husband and the dad is not an emotional wreck, right? I, I want my congregation and the people around me, my staff to say, man, we can count on Jim. He doesn't come into the, the staff meeting every other week with different emotions. He's all over the place, stressed out. No, man, I'm going to live in the steadiness of God. I don't have to live into the threats and the triggers and the old voices. See, if you want to I'll have us emotion, be emotionally steady. You've got to be emotionally ready. Now, next week, we're going to come back and talk about just everyday rhythms to, to live healthy. What are the rituals? What are the practices that we can live in Christ uh, spiritually and especially emotionally through life? But just like Peter, God wants you to step out of the boat. God's going to ask you to do some big things that's going to trigger you and say, whoa, but there's waves out there. I don't know if I can handle it. He says, yeah, I want to do some miracles in your life. I want you to be confident. I want you to be my ambassador. And I know it stresses us. We're not used to walking on water, okay? But a lot of times there's going to be the waves and the winds. But what are we going to do with that? Do we have our spiritual toolkit ready? Do we have some nuggets of truths that we could go to, maybe written down, highlighted somewhere? We're like, oh yeah, these are the anchors. And do you have an emotional game plan when those threats and those waves come your way? So that's the two things I'd like for you to do is to develop, maybe on your phone, maybe in a journal someplace, a planner, whatever, write down some spiritual truths And also somewhere, I would invite you to write down these seven questions. The next time that some wave comes against you, that scares you, that triggers you, right? Here are the the seven questions. You know, what happened? Mm -hmm. And then what am I feeling? Because if we can name it, say, you know, it's really about my insecurity because I feel like maybe I, I can't measure up, then we can usually tame it right there. Okay, this is try to identify some lies that we've been telling ourselves right? These past lies, right? Let's be honest there, right? Number four, ah, what are the truths I need to remember? It's not my feelings. It's the word of God, the promises of God. I am a child of God, like it or not. And he says, I did not give you a spirit of timidity, but I've given you a spirit of power, love, and self-control. I'm leaning into that. What is the truth about those who've hurt us? Maybe we got to just look at their kind of track record. Six, what is the seat? Do they get on the bus? It might be a family member. It might be a coworker. It might be a friend. And they're yakking. Say, nope, I, I, I love them. Okay. But you got to go back of the bus. You don't have a lot of room in my life, boundaries, that kind of stuff. And then what, what are my goals? 
Well, I'm going to hope to react to the, the future threats. And finally, friends, I want to tell you this. Don't give up. Okay? This is not easy. This is not just one sermon, one prayer, right? You got to develop your emotional steadiness as Christ's spirit and his truth infuse you and transform you and, and love you, right? Before you know it, you can be emotionally steady. See, it's not about perfection, it's more about progress. Are you making progress? Not so much perfection. Jesus reached down to Peter. And he, and he realized that Peter wasn't going to be perfect, right? But he wanted to remind him, let's make some progress. Let's get back up. And sure enough, uh, Peter would eventually uh, help transform the world through Christ. So I hope this has helped. And I just want to invite you to stand with me as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this picture of Peter. Man, we all can identify with Peter, Jesus We've all been trying to be brave, do our best. Before we know it, we're sinking. We thank you, God, that you gave us a clear picture. You don't, you don't judge us. You don't just brush us off and give, us, give up on us, but you reach down to us. You know many times, God, that we are hurting, emotionally especially. Many times we're scared. Many times we can be defeated. Many times we can be overwhelmed. We don't know what to do. But you said, take heart, man. Have some faith, get wise, get strong in me, and I will make your life incredible. Help us to live that way, God. Be your examples this week. Live strong in you. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.